Listening to the Coffee Hour, I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Monday, October 4th, and today we have the return yes. of Mental Health Mondays with Deaconess Heidi Gaiman in just a moment. Really, really grateful and looking forward to that here in just a moment. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting the Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. It is Mental Health Monday with Deaconess Heidi Gaiman. Good morning, Heidi. Good morning. It's so good to be back. It is so good to hear your voice. It sounds like um, it sounds like you're in a different state, though. <laughs> in the best I state. I also like it. Also sounds like I'm in massive transition, and I don't have all my equipment. <laughs> I am in yeah yeah arguably one of the best states. You know uh, yeah. My husband and I moved to Michigan on September first. So yeah, lots of change in our household. And like one of the most beautiful parts of Michigan, too. Just saying. It is true. We do live on the lake. Our house that we bought um, is five houses off the lake. Oh, stop it. I'm coming <laughs> know, I'm to live trying. with you, Heidi. <laughs> it's, it's really going to be good for my mental health. <laughs> oh, see, I didn't so know jealous. all those details. Yes. I knew that, that y'all were moving to Michigan. I didn't know you were moving to like, you know, beautiful on the lake it's, part of Michigan. Yeah. So that's like uh, right by M22. Hmm. Yeah. For those who know Michigan. and It's true. <laughs> it's beautiful. Well, Heidi, it is good to have you back. I know you've had a lot of changes and a lot of transition this this uh, during our little summer recess. Um, but uh, time to check in. It's been mm-hmm. it's been months since we've talked. Um, right. How are yeah. you doing with all the, the transition and all the changes and kids off mm-hmm. to college and all that good stuff? Yeah, it's really good. We're we're transitioning. You know, it takes time. It's a grieving process, um, and so I try to be honest about that. Um, it's also, of course, there's new and exciting things too. Um, and our kids are getting used to school and making friends takes time. So I think that's probably the hardest part. Uh, so just trying to support them. I'm really thankful that I am, you know, still seeing a few therapy clients. Uh, via telehealth, but I'm also finishing a manuscript that's due at Concordia Publishing House uh, in January. So I have a little time, downtime for my therapy practice to do that um, and to get, uh, we revealed some new changes to the podcast through HeidiGaiman.com that my husband, Dave, who's a pastor here in Lettington, will be doing um, relationship questions on our podcast now uh, together each episode so people can submit those. Um, at life in relationship podcast uh, at gmail.com. So yeah, just like able to take a little bit of a um, contemplative break, if you will, to kind of redo some stuff and then um, get back going with ministry and life and clinical practices and all the speaking and rescheduled COVID events and things like that coming up too. So yeah, yeah. Thanks for asking. I really appreciate that. So many things, like all the things happening all at once. But it sounds like a lot of a lot of good things happening mm-hmm. uh, for for maybe people who 
resonate a lot with that? Uh, maybe you're in a similar boat coming out of COVID and then all of these things happening, lots of people buying houses. What kinds of mental health practices have you been able, this is maybe too personal, what kind of mental health practices have you been able to actually use yourself though over the last, what, several weeks mm-hmm. of transition? Oh, that's a good question. It is a good question. And I think that I I stated like that it's a grieving process. Being honest, I think, is one of the most important things you can do when you have any kind of big change happening. And so um, like in DBT therapy, uh, they have a unique uh, definition of the word suffering. I think we talked about this on an episode about resilience this summer, actually, like our one episode (laughs) in four (laughs) months. But um, the idea that... um, pain in life is real and the brokenness is real, which we're going to talk about a lot this year on Mental Health Monday. Um, But our ability to come face to face with that, especially since we know Jesus Christ, because we know there's no condemnation for us in Christ, that we know that we have a provider, a helper in the spirit um, and our father's arms wrapped around us. We can be honest about those things um, and, and not feel so overwhelmed. Will it feel overwhelming? Yes. <laughs> but being honest about them is the first step in, I actually think, reducing that overwhelm. Um, otherwise, it feels very nebulous. You know, it's all around us. And we're, we're since we're not being honest about it, it kind of floats and starts to take over and all of that. And so I think that's step one. I also... Um, transitions take longer than you think every time, (laughs) every time. Um, And so someday when I finish my, or when I actually get accepted to a doctoral program, I want to do some work on transition timing and how that looks, because I used to think, you know, it takes about a year and there's not a lot of good research on this. Um, But I really, the longer I work with clients, the more uh, we are involved in people's lives and the church and things too, that it takes at least 18 months when you have any kind of major transition, whether that's a move or having a baby or going off to college or um, any kind of major life change to even be able to begin assessing, like, how are we doing? Where are we at? Instead, um, giving yourself a lot of space to just be like, this takes time. Everything about this experience takes time. Um, very Ecclesiastes 3, if you will, that things happen in their time and I don't, I can't control that. Um, and so I think that's a really helpful practice is just knowing like we are in transition and stating that and knowing that that's a different life place uh, that's different than the stability of uh, making plans and being able to set goals and all of that good stuff too. And so I put a thing on my Instagram recently that I really, I try to eat well each day. I try to get good sleep. Um, And if I accomplish things, that's great. But for right now, I mean, we're just only a month in um, being able to eat and sleep well, drink water, you know, very basic life things. uh, You are doing well if you're in transition. Hmm. Well, you mentioned, you referenced that we will talk about brokenness uh, quite a bit this year on (laughs) Mental Health Monday, and I am looking forward to that. We're going to dig more into Finding Hope, your book, From Brokenness to Restoration, um, your book uh, from Concordia Publishing House. We'll dig more into that in the coming weeks and months ahead. Today uh, is kind of a, I guess, a return to... Um, life together, whether mm-hmm. we're virtual or, or, or however, uh, return to life together. Wanted to revisit a topic that we touched on briefly once in the past. And I know that you have, um, you also collaborated on a blog post on this in the past as well. And that is the various types of mental health professionals. Just thinking about um, as we're 
you know, the challenges we face in the last, what, 18 months, two years, I've lost track of lost track. what time, <laughs> um, but just the challenges that we faced, uh, faced and, and continue to face today um, with, as you were talking about transitions, mm-hmm. transitioning from um, working from home to whatever the, whatever that means, whatever it is now, or whatever it is now. <laughs> um, yeah. So what are the different types of mental health professionals that are, um, that are mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. available to us and, and just understanding that the, the, uh, the resources that they are and the differences between them as well. So I know mm-hmm. that there's kind of, it's kind of a long list. Um, mm-hmm. So wh- <laughs> that's a good thing. That's a really good thing, yeah. right? Like we have, there is, there is always, I, I, I usually don't promise things, <laughs> but there's almost always more resources than you think. It's just, challenging to access them. And I want to um, just help the listener know that that we understand, especially I can say this confidently of the two of you also, as we have this conversation, we understand that just because you might, um, we might reveal like a new resource to access, it doesn't make it any easier to access. Um, and so we have, I think, some compassion in this conversation uh, that we're going to give you some information that we hope will be very helpful. Um, and the mental health world can also be daunting, especially when you're having a challenge. And so just know that this is meant to be a start, right? A start of being able to maybe understand the lingo a little bit more. So when you open a website, it makes a little bit more sense because that will take a layer off of that daunting access piece of mental health. Um, And we're going to have some other episodes. I think we talked about uh, possibly some types of therapy and things like that. So that there's just a little bit more understanding of that lingo. And while we talk about finding hope this year, I think we'll have little pieces of that also, because we'll be talking about, you know, childhood trauma at one point, and we'll be talking about family dynamics at another point and how brokenness um, intersects with all these different things. And so this is not a complete conversation, but it's meant to be a really great foundation for if I'm going to go intersect with some mental health resources, <laughs> where do I start? What kind of words am I looking for? Um, and so, yeah, I think we'll talk about a list, especially that we built through the Office of National Mission. Um, and I have to give a real big shout out to uh, pastor uh, and clinician Joel Hempel, uh, who is retired now, I believe, from uh, the LCMS Office of National Mission, but he helped me build this list. Um, and I do have to say, too, I made one giant glaring mistake. If people go to the link that we're going to put that has the list um, with it, with the blog post that you talked about, um, and that is that I, I looked off psychologists which is a terrible <laughs> accident. And I promise no kind of like, you know, psychological slip on my part or anything. I think they're fabulous professionals and resources. Thankfully, someone called me out on it on the blog and did add their own like definition on the end of the blog. So uh, we want to make sure we remember our psychologist friends. Um, but yeah, so if you go to the link that I, I'm sure Sarah's going to put in all of the different PR and things <laughs> for this uh, uh, podcast to be able to go out, you'll be able to see everything we're talking about um, in kind of a list form. And some people need that list form. And we're going to have the conversation form about it. 
So let's do that. Let's go through that list. We'll, we'll take our break now so mm-hmm. we can work through mm-hmm. that list in just a moment. Let's do that. Um, okay. we, we'll work through this list of various types of mental health professionals here on Mental Health Monday with Deaconess Heidi Gaiman. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, on behalf of Concordia Plan Services, Lutheran Housing Support Corporation, Concordia University System, Lutheran Church Extension Fund, the LCMS Foundation, and Corporate Synod, daily reaches out to our members and partners, working together to support our local, global, and international ministries, church workers, and LCMS initiatives at large to carry the mission forward and to serve each other in love. Opportunities to serve, lcms.org careers. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Today we're talking with Deaconess Heidi Gaiman. It is Mental Health Monday. And before we went to break, we were just starting to embark on this audacious list of various <laughs> mental health professionals. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Let's be audacious. I love it. That's great. <laughs> um, so where do you want to start with this list mm-hmm. um, of, of various yeah. mental health professionals when we're thinking about, you know, what do I need mm-hmm. to know uh, when looking mm-hmm. for a mental health professional? Yeah, I think that the most common question I get, and we actually have another podcast episode from the, a blast from the past, if you will, uh, with uh, Reverend Dr. David Fleming um, mm-hmm. on, you know, should I see a psychologist or should I see a, um, I don't remember the title. Do you remember, you guys, like a pastoral counselor or something like that? But it, um, it, it that one also talks about maybe different issues you might have where you might want to head in one direction or the other. So I would say that we're looking at three different broad categories, and then there's specific uh, careers or professionals and clinicians within each of those. One is medicine. So medical doctors of some kind that uh, we know that we need to access medication for our brain chemistry or get uh, a diagnostic and an assessment that will lead us toward medication. And so our, our primary care physician, we actually really consider the front lines of mental health care. So if you are in doubt, that's a great place to start is your primary care physician that you would see regularly and bring up some some struggles that you're having, um, some uh, something that you might consider a symptom, if you will, something that feels off uh, in your body chemistry or um, with your uh, like a perception or psychological understanding and things like that. And they are really great at being able to say, oh, well, maybe we should see this other kind of professional. That's a good place to start. But beyond that, other people that do medications are um, what we call psychiatrists in particular or psychiatric nurse practitioners. Those are professionals who have some kind of medical degree um, and can prescribe medication. Uh, this is really important, especially if you do move or if you, um, you know, really know that your child, uh, for instance, has a specific diagnosis uh, and you're ready to move on to that next step. Um, a, a counselor or a therapist 
they are not prescribers of medication. They can work with the prescriber of medication. And oftentimes these different professions work together so that you have the best care that you can have. Um, but psychiatrists and psychiatric nurse practitioners are really the people who prescribe medications. You can get often mental health medications from your primary care uh, physician if they're comfortable with that. You know, they might prescribe you an antidepressant or an anti-anxiety uh, medication. But A, um, some of them don't feel entirely comfortable with that because there's a lot of more information we have about the brain now, and they want you to see a specialist who knows that information a little bit more uh, thoughtfully. And then also, I do recommend that if you're, um, if you're struggling with your mental health, there are people who specialize in things. And so, so often, I think it seems scary to enter into this world, but there are a lot of really um, in tune and really well-read and um, medical professionals who they don't just slap a medication down often. A lot of times there's um, visits involved in conversation as well as diagnostic tools um, and assessments. And it's, it's a process. And so there's some genetic testing that you can have done so that we know metabolically how your body is going to process medication. So that would be why you would see a specialist because you want uh, the highest quality of care, um, not because your primary care isn't awesome, but because that's not their field. Um, they have been trained in a broad base of family medicine often, and then the psychiatrist has had a special uh, residency or um, we can call it internship. It's called other things, but that they go and learn more for that specialty. And there's other boards and other tests and things that people take. Um, so we know that they're absolutely the best people to be able to prescribe that medication. I'm going to say this right off the bat about all of these professionals. If you see someone and it's not a good fit for you, do not be afraid to find someone else. <laughs> like you, you need to really like your mental health care provider. And I know that's hard when rural um, or even urban access is an issue. But um, just like there's, um, you know, not great uh, versions of one restaurant uh, in one city and you go to the same restaurant in a different city and it's not awesome, you need to know that, you um, People are people, and they're providing care um, from their lens. And sometimes that doesn't fit your lens, and so then you need to try a different person. Um, again, that's part of the daunting challenge, but when you do find someone that fits you, uh, you, you will have that feeling that this was worth it. Um, and so I'll, I'll let you guys uh, sneak in here for any kind of question about what I just said. Um, but that's the medical field for medication in particular. Mm -hmm. And it's not unusual to have both a counselor slash therapist and a psychiatrist because of those differences. So it's, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So if you think like, oh, I want to do uh, talk therapy because that's going to help, but I also need medication. It's it's OK to have two people. <laughs> Yeah, no. And it's oftentimes there are different like clinical practices that will offer both because mm -hmm. they know that's really one of the highest levels of care that we can give is at least the uh, opportunity to have both and have it um, have good communication. Uh, but uh, you also can say, you know, I'm not interested in that branch. <laughs> I'm, you know, I want to go with this branch that does, um, you know, traditional therapies or uh, some non-traditional therapies even, but that don't involve medication. 
Right. So you've mentioned uh, counselors, therapists, psychiatrists, mm-hmm. psychiatric nurse practitioners. Uh, that isn't the whole list, though. <laughs> no, are, it isn't. It isn't. <laughs> who yeah. are some of the other the other specialties on on this list? Right. After we take off kind of that medication lens, then we talk about broadly the idea of psychology or um, counseling, if you will. And social work is included there. Um, marriage and family therapy is included there. So a lot of times we'll use the term counseling, like, oh, I think maybe have you thought about seeing a counselor is a, a way we might talk to a friend. Um, and that means basically that you're in a room and you're sitting with someone and you're talking about things, but you're also learning things. There's specific uh, therapeutic methods that are used that are for um, different diagnoses or there's different skills. Like I do a lot of uh, dialectical behavior therapy and one whole branch of that is about interpersonal skills. So how do I you know, communicate? How am I engaging in my relationships and my vocations at work, at home and those different places? Uh, so the counseling field, most people think about when they think about counseling, they think of what we call CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy, which is I sit down and I talk to someone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and while that's true, counselors all have different uh, training, different education and different perspectives. So it starts with that talking. And then sometimes there's different methods. And, you know, we'll probably get into a different podcast about that. When you talk about the difference between um, counselors and therapists, there, that's not really a difference. Those are the same terms. Sometimes people say what kind of therapist because we do have like speech therapists or occupational therapists. Um, usually we're talking about mental health therapists when we call them counselors. Um, and so a marriage and family therapist is just, I love that about their title. It's exactly what they say it is, that they work with the dynamics of uh, marriage and family and they treat uh, this system of people that might have some relational struggles, but they also they also work in those individual struggles within the lens of um, that we are all from families and that we all exist in some kind of family, even um, when we're single. And so that's what marriage and family therapists do. They do see individuals. That just means that their lens is all about the dynamics of people coming together and, and where they've come from. Um, Licensed clinical social workers, I'm very partial to. (laughs) That's my own degree. Um, The clinical aspect of it just means that they can diagnose things, they can treat things, um, and and bill insurance and stuff like that. Um, But a social work lens is one that sees that you don't exist in a vacuum and that you are part of usually a family, you are part of organizations in your life, there's organizations that impact your life, whether churches or schools or um, workplaces, uh, community centers, all that stuff. Um, And they see, we call it person within the environment. So they do all the same things as a marriage and family therapist, and they also are usually just kind of looking at how the places that you move within are impacting you as well. Um, But it looks very similar in the setting. You come, you sit down, and you talk about things, and they help you learn skills and things like that. Um, A counselor is the same way. Now, on the list that we have online, we have a couple of distinctions of like a pastoral counselor and a Christian counselor. Here's something important. Those are both, when, when that counselor word is included, those are professional clinical individuals who have graduated from a degree program and taken 
a board test in order to be able to treat mental health. Um, we would refer to what pastors provide as spiritual care. Uh, I think that distinction is actually really, really helpful um, because that allows the pastors to do their job and do it really well. Um, and they're not burdened by um, trying to be experts in everything, just like we don't want our teachers in our schools to have to be experts at everything. Um, they are providing spiritual care. But some pastors go and get uh, a different degree in mental health and then also a license to practice therapy. Um, and those are pastoral counselors. And we also have pastors who have marriage and family therapy degrees or um, pastors who have social work degrees, too. Christian counselors are people who also have that licensing, have had that testing, but they practice from a Christian lens, which is different than someone like me who is a therapist who happens to be Christian. Um, and so I only practice from a Christian lens when my client asks me um, and says Christianity is important to me and I want to talk about my faith. Um, otherwise, if you um, are looking for someone who respects your faith, that will generally be any clinician <laughs> because they are trained in order to respect people's faith. Um, but if you if you are um, asking for uh, Christian counseling, then you you just ask that mental health professional um, how they feel about um, utilizing like the Bible in sessions and things like that. And that will help clarify that for you if that's the kind of fit you're looking for in your counseling process. Um, yeah, uh, Joel Hempel taught me that there's also pastoral psychotherapists, and you can look that up on there. Um, and that's just like a higher level of, I feel like, understanding of kind of a Freudian perspective and all of this. And so, uh, but some pastors go on to have a psychodynamic approach, which sounds super fancy. And I want to find out more about that. I don't know enough about that. <laughs> <laughs> With about 30 seconds to wrap all this up, and thank you for thank you for working through that list, by the way. I really appreciate that. Um, 30 seconds to wrap it up. You want me to say stuff? <laughs> Just know that if you, if you do not know who you're looking for, um, there, start with this list, kind of look mm -hmm. at it, and see um, maybe uh, what what kind of words like jump out at you and then look in your area, Google people that are of that profession and just kind of get a vibe. Does this look like something that's going to help me with this challenge challenge? It doesn't have to be as intimidating as it sounds. Deaconess Heidi Gaiman, author of finding hope. We're going to dig into that in the coming weeks uh, from Concordia publishing house. Thank you so much for coming back on mm -hmm. mental health Mondays and sharing with us these uh, really helpful resources. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support The Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you. Anytime. Anywhere. Anywhere.